Welcome to our class on Chassidus. This week we're going to be learning a beautiful Hasidic discourse in honor of the day of celebration and liberation of the previous Rebbe going out of prison for spreading and learning Torah and Chassidus. So the Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Yudbeis Tammuz, the 12th day of the month of Tammuz, in the year Tavshin Lamed Ches, 43 years ago, the Rebbe went ahead to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of Yud Beis Yid Gimel Tamos in the year Tavshin Mem Tes, 32 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is called Zeh Hayoyim Osa Hashem. This is the day that Hashem um, made, and it's a verse in Psalms. We say it in, in Hallel. Zeh Hayoyim Osa Hashem. This is the day that Hashem made. Nagila v'nismecha boy. We're going to be um, rejoice and celebrate. We're going to be happy in this powerful, beautiful day. So the Rebbe brings from the uh, previous Rebbe in his uh, Chassidic discourse, who is the, the, the one celebrating this celebration of redemption, and in the Chassidic Discourse, based on this verse, which he said and at the celebration, the first celebration of Yud Beis Tammuz, in the, uh, it's customary to make a feast of thanking Hashem for the tremendous miracles that happened to him, in the year Tough Reish Peiches, 93 years ago, and he brings a medrash. The medrash says, Omar Rab Ovin, Rab Ovin uh, says, we're not sure what do we celebrate. Why? Because the verse says, Zehayoim, this is the day, like there's something powerful about the day. And then it says we should celebrate boy with it. It's not clear. So are we celebrating the fact that the day is a powerful day? Or are we celebrating in the fact that Hashem liberated, uh, liberated us? So the Medrash answers, Bosh Shlaima, Shlaima Hamalach and Shir Hashim, Song of Songs. So in Song of Songs, King Solomon brings the same similar words and he says, Mashcheni Achrecha Narutza, Haviani Amalachadarov, and then he says, Nagila Venismacha Bach. So he doesn't say Nagila Venismacha Boy, and then we're not sure if it's a day or if it's a Shem, but he says clearly, Nagila Venismacha Bach, that we're going to celebrate and we're going to be happy with you referring to Hashem. So the Medrash says, Bach, what does Bach mean? And the Bach is, the Medrash says, one is Bakadish Baruchu, we're celebrating with Hashem. Bach, Yerasecha, with the awe of Hashem. Bach, Beterasecha, on the Torah of Hashem. And Bach, Beyeshuasecha, on the fact that you saved us. Four connections all related to Hashem. Hashem, the awesome, the awesomeness of Hashem, the Torah of Hashem, and the Yeshua of Hashem. That's what Rabbavin says. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, which is interesting, Yitzchak is one of the names of the Baal Guhula, the previous Rebbe is called Yosef Yitzchak, and he says, you know what Bach means? Bach means in the 22 letters that you wrote the Torah. What's the connection? Because Bez, he says, is 2, and Chaf is 20, so you have Bach. So it's referring to the 22 letters. That was, so we're celebrating what? The 22 letters of the, of the Torah. And he points out in the Chassidic Gershon, he says, in other words, why is he saying we're not sure to celebrate in the day of Hashem? In other words, it says, Zehayoyim Asa Hashem. Hashem made this day. In other words, let's even say there's something powerful about the day. But who made the day? Hashem made the day. So obviously the, the joy has to be in, in, in Hashem, whether it's in Hashem himself or Hashem made the day. 
So what does it mean? We're not sure. Are we celebrating the day? Like the day has its own entity? The day has its own energy? The day comes from Hashem. That's question number one he asks. Another question, what's the three components besides Hashem, Yira, in the awe of Hashem, the Torah of Hashem, and the Yeshua of Hashem, the salvation of Hashem? Also, we have to understand, Rabbi Yitzchak says that we're celebrating in the 22 letters of the Torah. Bacha, Bach, literally means what? Hashem. So why do you have to come to this whole insight of, 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 of creating um, a, 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 a detailed commentary to refer to the 22 letters of the Torah? What's wrong with saying we're celebrating Hashem himself? Okay. Now, so the first Rebbe says, let's first understand what's this beautiful idea of, like, you, the, the, even a thought that we should celebrate in a day. What's this idea of celebrating a day? Up to the point we're ready, we're ready to make a celebration for the day. And Rebbe explains like this. Because the fact is, when a miracle happens on a certain day, there's something very powerful about the day. True, it comes from Hashem, but there is something powerful about the day. And there's two components that's powerful for, in, in the day that the miracle happens. One, because if a miracle happened on a given day, whether it's a day of the week, or it's a day in the month, obviously this day must be a very, very powerful spiritual day that caused the miracle to happen in this day and that's why a miracle happened in that day as the expression is and as you you connect a, a merit to a, a day that's meritorious so obviously there's something powerful and deep in the day that's past tense also once a miracle happens in a certain day so then that day becomes an auspicious day and a special day more than before the miracle because still then was a regular day and now it's marked as a powerful day now that's in general to take it a step further the says even in the day that the miracle happens there's a difference when it happened the day in the day obviously it can be specific to the hour and the minute but generally the difference between if it happened by day or night when the miracle happened by day or it happened at night and the brings a medrash the medrash says that when you make miracles for the Jewish people, so then if you make the miracle by day, we say shir by day, and and Rebbe brings an example where we find the prophets, where it says, Vatasha dvoira, dvoira saying, praise to Hashem, and it says clearly when, by yoim day, because the miracle is connected to the day. Or for example, when Hashem does miracles by night, we say uh, shir by night. Or for example, like there brings a, a, a verse where it says, Ashir Yelachem Kelayel that the song is by night when the holiday gets sanctified. So you see clearly there's a difference between a, a, a miracle that happens in a day either because of past, there's something powerful about the day, or becomes now becomes a powerful day. And again, it's a difference if it happens by day and by night, as we see clearly the different recognition whether it happened by day or night. Now, what's the difference if it happened by day or night? So Rebbe explains. The difference if a miracle happened by day or happened by night has to do with the level of the miracle. In other words, if the miracles are a type of miracle that's full of light and full of revelation, that's, that's represented by the day. If it's a miracle that's concealed, that's represented by night. So that's that's why it's... Um, um, the verse says, um, because the, the miracles connected with yoim, with, with revelation, with light. 
Now, so what's, what's really the connection between the time when the miracle happened to the miracle? And it was A, the day, whether of the past or the future. And it was past, it was a great day in the past. Or it now becomes a great day for the future. And if it happens by day or by night, it means if it's a revealed or concealed miracle. So everybody explains it as follows. He starts off to explain what is the whole idea of a miracle. And this is a very, very powerful discourse you want to know about miracles. The Kabbalistic insight to miracles. So Rebbe says like this. What is a miracle on a Kabbalistic level? So Rebbe brings and he says a miracle is, and it's based on a uh, Rashi and many different verses in the prophets, that a, a Rashi in Chumash, a Prashat Yisroi, that a miracle is from the expression of haroma, elevation. So in a miracle's ness is elevation. That's what a miracle is. Globally. Anytime there's a miracle, it's all about elevation. In other words, what does that mean practically? When a miracle takes place, it's, it creates an elevation, an uplifting in nature. In other words, till, till the miracle happened, it was nature. It means God's concealed. And when a miracle happens, all of a sudden, this nature that we thought was just nature, all of a sudden we're starting to see the powerful Yad Hashem in it. And like, for example, we all know that a miracle happens in a certain place to you or to anybody. So when you come back to that place, or when you're there, you say, there's a blessing you say, Baruch she'asa li nes b'mokim we're blessing Hashem that made me a miracle. Why do we say Because you see that the miracle elevates the mokim. It elevates the place. And as even the place, which we know a place is limited and its nature, it gets elevated. By what? By the infinite power of a miracle, which is above nature. So again, so you see clearly that what's a miracle? A miracle's elevation, elevation of yourself, but more importantly, it actually elevates nature. Now, self-understood, it also, since we know that what creates finite space and time, so it also, a miracle, elevates time. And like, for example, when we say the blessing for the miracles that happen for Hanukkah and Purim, so what do we say there? Sha'asa nisim senior that God made miracles to our forefathers, but Yom in those times, and then it says, bizman hazeh in this time. So you see that miracles elevate space, and miracles elevate time. That's in general. Now that we're going to go into more deeper into the idea of miracles. So hold, hold on tight. I'm going to go now deeper into the miracle journey. Okay. So generally speaking, what do we say? That miracles elevate. Elevate time and elevate space. So Rebbe says that when it comes to miracles, in general, there's two types of miracles. In general. We'll soon see that even in one, there's another type. But in general, there's two types of miracles. The first type of a miracle is, it's called a miracle which is above nature. Like for example, when the Jewish people left Egypt. So we had the ten plagues. What was the first plague? Water, which is naturally water. When water turns into blood, that's not a miracle within nature. That's a miracle above nature. Because, whoa, you have water and it turns to blood, it's above nature. All the other miracles in Egypt. Up till the biggest miracle when the Jewish people left Egypt, what happened? That the Yam, the sea, which is water, all of a sudden it turned into dry land. That is a miracle above nature. It's not a natural thing. So that's one type of miracle. So the one type of miracle is a miracle above nature. 
The second type of miracle is a miracle which is enclosed in nature. And in here, there is going to give us two types of miracles that are enclosed in nature. Two different types. One type is that in the natural world, it's a miracle, but you still see the miracle in the nature. So the miracle happens through natural means, but you see it's Yad Hashem. You see it's a miracle. For example, the Rebbe says the miracle of Hanukkah, the miracle of Purim. Those were natural events that made it happen with the whole story in Purim with Esther, or in Hanukkah with the Maccabees. Or, for example, the Rebbe says the, the, the miracle of the Alter Rebbe Yutas Kislev and the Friedrich Rebbe Yudbeis Tamas. Knows it happened through political channels, so technically it's all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all natural events that cause it to happen. However, anyone that had, has a little insight into what was going on realizes it's a miracle. A miracle within nature. And up to the point where there were quotes, it says, Ro kol the whole world saw it was a miracle. So even though it went through natural channels, but it's a miracle. So that's one. That's the second type, and that's the first option. And in the miracle within nature, it happens through nature, but you realize it's a miracle. The other type is it happens in nature, but the nature that it happens in actually hides and conceals the miracle, and sometimes it conceals the miracle so much that you don't even see it's a miracle. As the famous expression is, "Ein bal hanes a tremendous miracle happened to you, and you just didn't see it. So again, to recap, there's three types of miracles. There's one type of miracle totally above nature. Like, for example, the Rebbe gave the example of going out of Egypt, water, uh, the, the water turned into blood. Other, other type of miracle is when you're going through the channels of nature, Hanukkah, Purim, Yudas Kislev, Yudas Tamas, but everyone realizes it's a miracle. Then there's a whole different level of a miracle. It happens within nature, but the miracle is so hidden that you don't even realize it's a miracle. Miracles are happening and you don't realize it. That's the three types of miracles. Now, we're going to go further. What is the fuel that makes these miracles happen? Whatever explains it this. What's the source of nature? Everything has a source. Everything comes from Hashem. The source for nature is, we know Hashem has many names. We're going to talk about right now two names. Yudke Vavke, which is referring to the infinite part of Hashem, and Shemalokim, the finite part of Hashem. So the source of nature, where does nature get its energy from? It gets it from Shemalokim. What's the connection with Elokim? I'm, I'm saying Elokim, it's really with a hey. What's the connection with, we, just, we, don't, we don't pronounce Hashem's name. What's, this, what's the connection between Shemalokim and nature? Because you take the, word, the name Elokim, Aleph is one, Lamed is 30, and it's a really a hey. A hey is 5. Yud is 10, and Mem is 40. So you have 86. 86. Let's take now the word Hateva, which is nature. Hey is 5. Tes is 9. Vez is 2. And Ayin is 70. So you have 86. So Hateva and Elohim has the same numerical value. So there's a source of energy, the source of godly energy in nature is from Shem Elohim. 
What does that mean in the world's word of Kabbalah, world of Kabbalah? It's referring to the light of Mimali Kalalman, the light that's able to penetrate and get involved in the world, which comes into the world, every world and every place according to what it needs. That's shame, that's that's the source of Teva. Shame Alakim. Now, what's the source of miracles? Where does miracles come from? Miracle comes from Yudkei Vavkei, the infinite name of Hashem. What, what does that mean in the world of Kabbalah? It's called Oyer HaSoyvev. It's too powerful to come into this world. So Soyvev, it, it, it circles around the world. It's above the world. So again, Teva comes from Shem Alakim Oyer HaMalei. And, um, and miracles come from Shem Yudkei Vavkei Oyer HaSoyvev. Now, so therefore, the miracles that are, that are not enclosed in nature, knows the highest level of a miracle, well, highest in terms of the greatest miracle. It's like, for example, when we went out of Egypt, where the water turned to blood, the, uh, the sea turned into dry land. Where does that come from, the highest miracle, which is totally above nature? That comes from the revelation of Yudke Vavke on its own, straight from Yudke Vavke. So anytime an infinite miracle takes place above nature, where is that miracle coming from? Yudke Vavke on its own, which is totally much more powerful than even partnering with Shem Elohim. It's strictly Yudke Vavke, miracles above nature. It does not partner with Shem Elohim. It doesn't get involved with Shem Elohim. However, when you have the miracles which are enclosed in nature, so whether it's revealed or not revealed, the miracle, but it's enclosed in nature, so everything comes from Yudke Vavke, because miracles come from Yudke. But Yudke Vavke, the way it partners and it gets in, in, in embedded with Shem Elohim, it goes through the process of Shem Elohim. So to be clear, all miracles come from Yudke Vavke. The difference is like this. A miracle which is above nature comes directly from Yudke Vavke. A miracle within nature goes comes from Yudke Vavke, but the way Yudke Vavke goes through a filter and goes gets processed through Shem Elohim. And you ever give a simple example. We all know that we have, we're made up of the 10 spherot. What's the highest sphero? Kesser. In Kesser, there's two levels. There's Tainug and there's Ratzin. So we're going to talk now about the Koyach HaRatzin that we all have. Now, in the spheroids, generally, all the spheroids are premiums, starting from Chachma. Kesser is a crown. What means a crown? It's above you. So Kesser is compared to Oyer HaSoyvev. It 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 it, 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 it exists around us. It circles around us. Um, Tainug is super around us, and Rotzen is with some kind of connection, but it's around us. So Rotzen in general is a, an parable for Oyer Hasoyev. Now in Rotzen, there's two levels. In Tainug, it's off the charts. In Rotzen, there's two levels. There's a Rotzen, a will which is above reason, above rationale. And then there's Ratzon, a will which is enclosed into rationale. Now, so you have sometimes Ratzon. You want to do something. Give me a reason, explain it. No, no reason. Boom. That's called Ratzon without a reason. Then you have a Ratzon, a will that partners, so to speak, with intellect. Now, but even when it partners, when will partners with intellect, there's two ways it partners. In other words, sometimes you want to do something. And you get it. You understand why you want to do it. But the truth is, what's fueling it? It's not really your intellect. It's your rod sign that's fueling it. It's making it happen. 
So you see clearly the Ratzain is the drive, and yeah, it's using intellectual capabilities, but it's really only passing through it. Ratzain is the key force. That's one type of Ratzain. You know, the first type is when it's totally not connected to intellect. The second time when it's connected, so the first level is when you can see that it's coming from Ratzain, but the fact is it's going through it, but it's still coming from Ratzain. And then you have where, where Ratzain influences the intellect, that the intellect should do according to the will, and it looks like you're doing it because it makes sense, but the fact is, no, what's driving you is, it, is, is your Ratzain. And there gives an example in a footnote. He says, for example, let's take the idea of shaykhad. When someone is bribed. So we know, and actually we learned it in the Rambam last couple of days. What is a Rambam right? What is bribery? Let's say you pay someone off. For the, and, the, and the person doesn't even know you bought them off. So subconsciously it influences their intellect. So when they're deciding something, they're going to decide in your favor subconsciously. They don't even realize that. Why? Because once someone is bought off, their intellect is skewed. So once it's not doing, telling you, so it knows what's driving the intellect, what subconsciously, it's the, it's, it's the bribery, it's the will. So even though you're giving logic and you're giving reason, it doesn't look like you're bribed, but the fact is you are. So that's the same idea with Rotsin. In other words, so to, to recap, Rotsin, there's times when you just want to do something it's totally not rational, that's Ratzoin, which is disconnected from intellect. Then you have Ratzoin, which is, influences the intellect, but you see that the Ratzoin is driving you. And then there's times you're doing something intellectually, you don't even see that the Ratzoin is driving you, but the fact is it's really driving you. It's called a bias. So the the same thing also is, that's the, that's the mushal, that's the parable. What does it mean in, in the Nimshal? What does it mean practically? When you have the revelation of the Ayur the infinite light, there's three levels. Just like in the three levels of the miracles. And as you have a miracle which is a totally above nature. And then you have the miracle which is enclosed in nature where you see that it's a miracle. And then you have a miracle which is in nature and you don't even see it's a miracle. Now. So now that we have these three levels. The other is like this. What do we say in the beginning of the Hasidic Discourse? What is a miracle? A miracle is harama. Harama of what? To elevate teva. To elevate the natural order of the world. That's what a miracle is. That the physical world, the natural world, gets elevated and upgraded. Where, where does that take place? In a miracle above nature or a miracle in nature? So obviously, harama, to elevate the natural world, if it's above nature, how is it elevating the world? So it elevates the world in a miracle which is, in, which is enclosed in nature. Why? Because a miracle that's above nature, for example, the, the revelation of Yudke Vavke, which is totally above nature, so what ha- and it doesn't even pass through Shem Elokim. So nature gets totally... disappears. In Hebrew it's called Shidat Merachas Teva. Teva totally falls apart. Why? Because the light is so powerful. On the other hand, a nest, a miracle that comes into the world, that elevates the world, and those in a way that Yudke Vavke comes into the natural world, which comes through Shem Elokim. So what happens is the 
infinite line of Yudke Vavke gets elevated, we're specifically in miracles which are in nature. Again, to recap, when you have Yudke Vavke that changes nature, so nature is not transformed. But on the other hand, when Yudke Vavke, the miracles get involved in the world, then the world is elevated. Now, so that's in general, that the, the greatest elevation happens in a miracle which is in nature. But Jarvis says the truth is that even in a miracle above nature, also you have an elevation. Why? Why is that? Because, why, it, why is it called a ness? Because, it, because it's in a miracle. And we know a ness is elevation. So if, and, but since a miracle above nature is still called a miracle, obviously it also elevates nature. Otherwise it wouldn't be called a miracle. So how, how, how is that so? And the Rebbe explains very simple. Because when you change nature through a miracle above nature, it doesn't totally obliterate nature. Like for example, let's look at the miracle of splitting of the Red Sea, where first it was water, now it became dry land. So the, really the miracle only happened in one, one, one component. What was the component? That the water, instead of flying flat, it stood like a wall. But did, water, did the water disappear? The water didn't disappear. The water stayed, but it, it moved its way away. So even though it's a miracle above nature in the sense that the water was not acting naturally, where it should totally cave in, so it was unnatural, above nature, but nevertheless the water still existed. So there is an elevation in nature. So even in miracles above nature, there is an elevation in the world, maybe not as strong as a miracle within nature, but there is obviously a level of elevation. Now, so based on this, Jarvis says like this. So, again, a ness is about elevation. And technically it elevates on all levels, but the greatest elevation happens when? When the, when the miracle is enclosed within the world. So based on this, Jarvis explains... What was our question? What was the what was the Medrash's question? We don't know if to celebrate whether in Bayoim in the day or in Hashem. What was the question? What do you mean? Everything comes from Hashem. The day comes from Hashem also. And there explains like this because in every time there's a miracle, there's two things that happen. There's the day, and there's Hashem. In other words, the component of the miracle that elevates the world, that elevates nature, that's called Yoim. Yoim. What does Yoim mean? That when there's a miracle in nature, you're elevating the space, and you're elevating the time, and time is day that happened that the miracle happened in. So one component of a miracle is where it elevates nature. That's that's called day because you took teva, which was which God is concealed, and all of a sudden, guess what? God's revealed. So that's called Yoim. Yoim of revelation. That's one component. On the other hand, the miracle in itself, the miracle part, that is above nature. And where does that come from? That comes from, from the, from Yudke Vavke, which is Oyrein Saif, the infinite light, which is above the world, Oyra Saifiv. The way obviously it comes down into the world, in, it's Saif Vamakif. So that represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So in other words like this, Every time there's a miracle, there's two things that happen. The miracle happens through Yudke Vavke. That represents Hashem. 
the effect in the world represents transforming of time and space. So that is, Yoim represents where the miracle took place, where it got anchored in in the, in the world. And where it's coming from is represented by Kaddish Baruch Hu. So therefore, the question is, what are we celebrating? The source of the miracle of Kaddish Baruch Hu? Or are we celebrating the fact that the miracle transformed the world? It created Yoim, it created light into the world. It created day. Now this, this moment of time got elevated. And so Derek explains like this. In other words, if we're focused on the source, so the force is Hashem. Like, for example, what's the reason we call Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What does that mean? Because HaKadosh, what does Kaddish mean? It's totally elevated. It's referring to Atzmus Eren Saif, the infinite part of Hashem. What is the infinite part of Hashem? Kadosh. Hashem is totally Kadosh Umuvdal. Hashem is holy. He's, he's separated from the world. And his way, but nevertheless, a Kadosh Baruch Hu, this Kadosh, this infinite part of Hashem, which is totally disconnected and totally separate from the world, is Baruch. It's Baruch comes from Shacha to draw down. It's draw down into the world in a way, not obviously in Primius, because it's coming from the infinite part of Hashem, but it comes down in a way of Makif. So therefore, we don't know how to celebrate. Are we celebrating in Yoim, in the part, the fact that Hashem is revealed in the world through the miracle? Or are we celebrating the fact that Hashem, because it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the infinite part of Hashem comes in the world? Because obviously each one, each one has a pro and a con. Each one has a Mila. Each one has something unique and something special. So for example like this, what's the difference? So when a miracle takes place, there's something which is called the, the level of the light. The level of the light... So, when a miracle takes place, the level of light is different if it's a miracle above nature or miracle in nature. Why? Because when you look at the miracle, when it's totally above nature, that level of light is much stronger than the light that takes place in a miracle within nature. Why? Because when you have a miracle which is totally above nature, Yudke Vavke is revealed which is totally above and much higher than the physical world. So obviously the light is much greater. However, when you have a miracle that comes into the world, which is enclosed within nature, it, it's, it's true it's Yudke Vavke and it's Eir but it's a lower, it's a trans, it's a, it's a um, uh, transformed light that's constrained, that it's able to come into the world. So the first part of a miracle is, there's two components. The first part is the level of light. In above nature, there's no question about it, the light is much stronger. In when the miracle comes into nature, the light is much weaker. That's what, in terms of the light itself. But now we're going to look at a different part of the miracle. The revelation that's revealed in the world. When you come to the, the revelation in the world, it's just the opposite. When we come to elevating the, the, the natural world, the miracle within nature is much more, it's much more revealed. Why? Because when you have a miracle, and you have the revelation of Oyer HaSoyvev, and it's above nature, what do, we, what do we understand from it? We can't relate to it. We can't connect to it. And that's a matter of fact. If you have a miracle above nature, what's it called? In Hebrew, it's called Niflaot. What's a niflaot? Constant word of pellets, a wonder. Because we, we can't comprehend it. 
it's powerful light. But in terms of reveal, we can't comprehend it, we can't relate to it. And I don't know, when we see it, we're like mishtomem, we're like, whoa, we're like speechless. What does speechless mean? What means someone's mishtomem? In Hebrew, it's called bittel. We actually become humbled. We actually disappear. So the greater the miracle, the less revelation, the less us. We're speechless. We have nothing to say. And like Dara brings, for example, where it says that there's four people that have to do haidoya. You have to thank Hashem. Hagoimil. Now, what, what happens what? When do you thank Hashem? When a miracle happens. When are you, when are you grateful for a miracle? What does haidoya mean? That you're, you're grateful. I'm accepting. I'm bottle. So in a, the greater the miracle, the less of me. The less of us. Less of nature. And there's nothing like, like it's in the world. What is a miracle is? What's a miracle? That the nature leaves. If water is water and it becomes blood, where's the water? And the answer is the water is gone. So even though it was a powerful light that made it into blood, but the water doesn't experience the blood, the water is gone. And, be, and why is it happening? Because the, power, the light is so powerful, so therefore the world disappears. Whether it's the total world or the thing that's experiencing the miracle, totally disappears. And the same thing applies to us human beings. When a person experiences a real miracle above nature, Whoa, everyone is, thank you, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. What do you, what, how, come, how come we don't say that we did it? Because we become battle. We become humble. We realize the powerful light of Hashem. So that is when it comes to the revelation. So when it's, when the, in terms of revelation, with the greater the miracle, there's less of us. However, when it comes to elevating the materialistic world, elevating nature... In other words, when the Yudke Vavke gets enclosed into nature, over there, what does the Torah say, tell us? Do we should know Ki Hashem Hu Alakim, that the infinite God is the God. That Yudke Vavke comes into Alakim into this world, that means Hashem wants us to Yediyavahasagda, Hashem wants us to understand and grasp it. How can we grasp it? Not from those infinite miracles, from the miracles which enclose within nature. We go through natural channels. We're like partners, so to speak, with God. And then we see the Yad Hashem, the miracle. So that we talk to see it and we appreciate it more. And the the fact is, when a person appreciates it, do when we get it and we have, we're able to see it and comprehend it when the when the revelation is there. So what happens is we have much greater simcha. And it was in a, in a miracle above nature, we're like speechless. There's no us. We're bottle. A miracle within nature, the simcha is much greater. Because we can connect to it, we can relate to it, we're part of it. And as we know, where is simcha in one in the spherot? Simcha is specifically we're in Bina, where we understand it, we can comprehend it. Simcha is connected to the sphere of Bina. Simcha is not connected to the sphere of Chachma. Why? Because Chachma is above understanding. And in Chachma, there's no room for simcha. You have brilliant ideas. Guess what? There's no joy there. The minute you have the idea, it leaves you. With Bina, where you hold on to the idea, you develop the idea, there's much more Simcha. Now, even though Chachma is intellect, but it's only a point. It's only, a, it's only an idea. And it's not something which is, is, is calm and it's relaxing and it's detailed and you can comprehend it and you can connect to it. 
So how much more so when it comes to Pella, a wonder which is higher than Seichel? In Pella, there's, there's no Simcha. Whoa, it's off the charts. Chachma also not. Simcha only starts in Bina. So therefore, since we're a Simcha, Simcha is not in the infinite miracles. Simcha is when the miracle comes into the world, when Teva is transformed, when you can relate to it. In the light, yes, there's no question about it, a miracle above nature that the light is much stronger. But where is it more enjoyable? Where is it more that we, it's revealed? Where is it more that we can relate to it? Where is it, where, where is it going to bring out more simcha? A miracle which is in nature. So based on this, Rebbe says, that's why the Medrash says, there's a thought, where should we celebrate? Not by Kaddish Baruch Hu, even though everything comes from Hashem. But a Kaddish Baruch Hu is less me, it's bottle. But by Yoyim, the Simcha should be in the fact of the, day, of the day, the fact that it's revealed in the world. It never takes it a step further. Because the fact is, what is Yoyim? Yoyim is day, but Yoyim also represents light. And Yoyim represents revelation. It's explained in, at length in the in the Hasidic discourse on the previous Rebbe. So therefore, the in theory was, the thought was to celebrate in day. Was, that's the reason why we wanted, that, that the thought was to celebrate by Yoim, the day that the miracle happens. What does it mean the day the miracle happens? The fact that Teva, nature was elevated. Because what when nature is elevated, it means... It's able to penetrate in the world, be able to connect to it, and that's light, that's day, that's revelation, that comes in a level of Yediyah Vahasaga, we understand it, we connect to it. That was the Medrash's question, we should celebrate by Yoyim, right? Because it's all about revelation. So it comes along the Medrash and answers, and he says, and he explains, we're going to have Nagila, we're going to have Nismacha, we're going to have joy, we're going to have celebration, we're going to be extolling you, God. Simcha, we're not in the Yoim, he says. No, Bacha and Hashem. And then the message continues. Bacha, Bir, Secha, being an Or Hashem. So what Shleim HaMelech is saying is that the celebration has to be in Hashem. What does that mean? And the Rebbe explains like this. Shleim says, Bacha. What means Bacha? Not in the level of Amale Elohim, not the level of Sevev Yud in the essence of Hashem, which is higher than Sevev. In other words, he's taking it up a notch. We had two levels, Amale, Sevev Elohim, Yud Kevavke. The Rebbe says, no, no, Shleim Amale says a different, whole different celebration. Becha, in you Hashem itself, in the essence of Hashem, higher than Sevev. And the Rebbe says, explained somewhere else, what does Becha mean? In the essence of Hashem. We're not doing Elohim, Yudkei Vavkei. We're going straight to the essence of Hashem. That's where the celebration is. In other words, the Chiddush, the novel idea, the revolutionary idea of, of Shleim Melach, And we know Shleim Melach, the Rebbe says, was Chacham Mikol Adam. He was the wisest small old man. And what is he teaching us? What is he showing us with his wisdom? What's the source of the miracles? So before we say it comes from Yud Kevavke, whether it goes through Hashem Elokim Hashem, or it doesn't go. No, no, he says the source of the miracles is Atzmus, the essence of Hashem. Powerful lesson. The source of a miracle is not Yud Kevavke, like we learned before, but actually Atzmus, the essence of Hashem. And he never explains. This that the revelation of Yudke Vavke, 
which is above nature, comes into Shem Elokim, which is Teva, and that applies by all the miracles. Even by a miracle which is above nature, in other words, everything comes from Yud Kevavke, above nature, Yud Kevavke, even the ones in nature, the only difference that goes through Shem Elokim. But even after it comes into the world, what, what do you see in a revealed way? Even in a, in a, in a miracle which is, which is in nature, like for example, Hanukkah and Purim, that this miracle, which is the, the, the revelation of Yudkei Vavkei, which is above nature, what you see is, this is the inside of King Shlomo Melech. This is the, the new glasses we're getting from Shlomo Melech. That what's the source of this Yudkei Vavkei? Where does it have the power to bring a miracle into the world? From the essence of Hashem. Because Atzmos, the essence of Hashem, has the power to unite opposites. Yudkei Vavkei, infinite, Elohim, finite. And based on this, the Rebbe explains, this is the connection of the two insights of Nagila v'nismecha b'cha, b'ch, to celebrate and be happy with you, which means b'cha b'akadosh baruch hu, we're happy in Hashem, like the Medrash says, which is Yuzke Vavke, u b'cha b'atzmusecha, in other words, the Medrash says, what is, what is, what, how are we celebrating it is referring to Yudkei Vavke. Shloimah, Melech says, referring to the essence of Hashem, higher than, than Yudkei Vavke. Why? Because the connection and the unity between Kadosh, the infinite part of Hashem, and Baruch, the finite part of Hashem, and those, in the words of Kabbalah, Soiviv and Mali, how are you able to connect those two? Because that comes from the essence of Hashem. Now, and the Rebbe goes a step further. This verse of Nagila v'nismah chabach, the Medrash brings it. And it was in continuation to the two opinions, whether this, in reference to the joy of the miracles, if we're going to celebrate Ba'kadosh Baruch Hu, which means in the miracle itself, which comes from the Ere Seviv, or we're going to celebrate in the day, in the revelation, the way Seviv comes into Mamali, but and the, but the and he brings both. But he says the, the novel and the revolutionary idea of Shlomo Melech is that where do we celebrate? Secha, in the essence of Hashem. Why? Because the essence of Hashem unites the two insights, whether it's in the infinite part of Hashem Yudkei Vavkei or it's in the Teva of the world. And therefore, he says, Bacha, Bakalish Baruch. We celebrate in Hashem, and he doesn't he doesn't say Secha because its idea is it's the unity of both. In other words. Because the Atmos, like King Shlomo HaMelech says, referring to the essence of Hashem, that's revealed in the miracles, what part of the Atmos is revealed? The part that unifies Kadesh and Baruch. So the Chiddush of Shlomo HaMelech is that we have to celebrate in what? In the essence of Hashem. But the way the essence of Hashem unites Yudke Vavke and Shem Elohim, and you have both the infinite part of Hashem, the miracles above nature, and the miracles within nature, they're all connected through the essence of Hashem. Now, so that's what he starts with. So we're celebrating in the essence of Hashem, which unites the two opposites. But the Medrash continues and says, in the awe of Hashem, and what's the three levels? that we asked in the beginning of the Chassidic Discourse. So the Rebbe explains like this, and he says as follows. King Solomon says, Shleim HaMelech says, Becha, 
We're celebrating in the essence of Hashem. It's amazing. But how do you draw down the essence of Hashem into this world? The way you draw down the essence of Hashem and the way you connect it to the essence of Hashem is when we have years Hashem, when we're in awe of Hashem, then we draw down Hashem into this world. And like Dora brings and he says that the difference between, which we discussed actually more at length in the last discourse that we learned, but we're going to do it here because Dora explains it here, that the difference between Ava, love, and Yira, and awe is that through Ava, through love, so what happens with love is all about the person. I love the you, you, you love someone else. Now, love, when a person loves, arrogance and expansion of self is unfortunately pretty strong. So when, when because a person is, when a person's in a loving relationship, let's say when you love Hashem, so you love Hashem. It's all about you loving Hashem. So what happens then is we only reach the revelation of the infinite part of life, of, of, of Hashem, which is espostous. You know, if you're coming from your ego, you're going to get the ego. So you're not going to go into, into the depth of it. But, because Av is all about, unfortunately, about arrogance. So with arrogance, you're only going to reach the external part of the infinite part of Hashem. But specifically when a person has Yira, what's Yira mean? Less of me. Yira, as we discussed at length, is Yira is all about Bittal. What is Yira? You're in awe, less you. Ava is more you, and Yira is less you. So Yira is less less of the person. And up to the level of Bittal, not only from your body, but Bittal from your Neshama, and the Neshama is in awe of Hashem. When a person is with has experiences and practices and cultivates Yira, that means you cultivate Bittal, then you're able to reach Atzmus, the essence of Hashem. Now, so that's powerful. So the goal is to get to Atzmus. We already know how to get to Atzmus through Yira. Now, what the Rebbe says like this. When a person practices and experiences Yira, he's in awe of Hashem, he's bottled to Hashem, and you reach Atzmus, what happens is you only reach it on a, on a concealed level. On a concealed level. But, so it knows you're connected, but it's only concealed. But the goal is that Atzmus, the essence of Hashem, shouldn't just be concealed. It should be revealed in your life. You should have the revelation of Atzmus in your life. How does that happen? So that happens, When you learn Torah, and we know Torah is called Torah Ur, Torah of Light. So when you learn Torah, you bring the essence of Hashem in a revealed way in your life. In other words, yes, you're going to say, what do you mean? But Yira, I don't exist. And my soul is totally bottled to Hashem, totally humble to Hashem. And we know that the source of the Neshama is even higher than Torah. But the fact is, even though that's correct, but you're going to get only Helam, you're only going to get concealment. But in order to create revelation in anything, and those, even though the Neshama comes from Atmos, through Torah. Revelation happens through Torah. So that's why it says, you start off with Yira, you're in awe, you're a bit less of you, but then in order to reveal Atmos in your life, you have to learn Torah. And Rebbe goes in a step further and he says like this. We know it says, Hashem said, When Hashem wanted to create the world, he looked in the Torah, and from the Torah he created the world. So you see, Torah has the real power to reveal and create. Now, so therefore, this whole world and all the energy that's in this world, where does it come from? It comes from, from Torah. 
Torah is what created the world, and Torah is what maintains the world. Now, what we say, there's two components in the world. There's the energy of Hashem, which is above nature, Saviv Kalalman, and the, or infinite, and then there's the energy of the world, which is finite. Gvul, Mamale, Shemalokim. So you have two different energies in the world. Since everything comes from the Torah, so therefore, there's two components in Torah as well. There's the bleak of Torah, there's the infinite part of the Torah, and there's the finite part of the Torah. So from the finite part of the Torah comes finite energy in the world, and from the infinite part of the Torah comes inf- infinite energy in the world. And like it's explained many places in Chassidus, and it says like this, the verse that says, Oite er kasalma, that he spreads light like a garment. In other words, the revealed part of Torah... Chumash, prophets, writings, uh, Mishnah, Talmud, all the revealed part of the Torah, Nigla Shabbat Torah, is called Salma, the garment of the Torah. And that's finite and limited, etc. On the other hand, Pneumius Torah, Kabbalah, mysticism, Chassidus, is the Ur of the Torah. It's the light of the Torah. That's the infinite part of the Torah. So you need both. The, the revealed part of the Torah gives you the finite energy in the world that's useful. And the Chassidus gives you the infinite energy in the world. But if you have, you need both. So when you have the union between both components of Torah, that you have the revealed part of the Torah, you have the Kabbalah part of the Torah, it's really, really one. And especially when you're learning Torah, in a way that when you're learning the revealed part of the Torah, you're actually seeing the Chassidus in the Torah, the Neflayish of the Torah, like we learned at length in the Maimon Falak Ba'imer. So when a person learns the revealed part of the Torah, and in the revealed part of the Torah, you see the, the Kabbalistic insight to the Torah. So by doing that, you're actually drawing into the world above nature, in nature. Up to the point that nature will feel and realize and recognize the infinite part of the, of the Torah into this world. So based on this, Torah explains like this. Which is referring to the Atmos of Hashem, the O of Hashem, the Torah, which makes it revealed. And again, you want the revealed part of the Torah and the concealed part of it, which gives obviously both energies in the world. And Bach be Yeshua Secha and your salvation. In other words, and he, and he explains. First, you have to have Yerusecha. Because when you have Yerusecha, you draw an Atmos, the essence of Hashem. Afterwards, when you learn Torah, and we know Torah is Ur, so then you have the revelation of Atmos in the world. And when you have that, then you have the Yeshua Secha. Then you have real salvation. Then you have real blessings. In other words, even though unfortunately you're in a situation you needed help, or even after you got the help, but unfortunately we're still in Gullah, so we still need a lot of help, unfortunately. So the salvation comes in the garments of nature. However, even though it comes in the garments of nature, we realize... And the way that the whole world realizes that even though it's within nature, that it's, a, that it's a miracle that's revealed coming from above nature. And so that takes part, takes care of the first part, the oven. Now he goes on to explain what, is the, what did the second part of the Medrash say? Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak said, what does Becha mean? Becha, he said, is the, the 22 letters of the Torah. Because Beis is 2 and Chaf is 20, and the alphabet is 22. In other words, if you want to have the Torah 
that the Torah is going to give you revealed blessings of Yeshua's and Rafuas, all the powerful blessings. How do you make it happen? By the Isis of the Torah, the learning, the letters of the Torah. And the Rebbe says there's two components. Why? Because in order to unite infinite and finite, and there's above nature and nature, that comes from Atzus. Atzus, like we explained before. But what's the vessel to draw down Atzus in the world? So what did we say before? It's by learning Torah. But here he's being more specific. The letters of the Torah is the vessel. And like it's explained at length in this discourse in the previous Rebbe, the letters of the Torah is what's the vessel for Atzimus. We all want Atzimus. We want Atzimus. So you have to learn Torah. And by saying the words, that's why it's important when you learn to say the words. Because saying the words draws in the infinite light of Hashem in the world. And Rebbe takes it a step further and he says like this, that the Chayas, the vitality of every single Jewish person in the world is when they have a letter in the Torah. And that's why it's important to make sure you have a, you have a letter in the Sefer Torah. There's many, many Torahs that are being written, that, that people wrote in the past, but written now, you can get yourself a letter in the Torah. Every single person needs a letter in the Torah that's yours, because literally your vitality comes from your letter in the Torah. So in other words, in order so to be Nagila v'nismechabach, we want to have joy and celebration in Hashem, and we, as we said before, Simcha is only when it's revealed. When you have revealed vitality, until the vitality is revealed in a, an internal way, how does that happen? It happens through, as Rabbi Yitzchak says, through the letters in the Torah. And from the letters in the Torah, there is life and vitality to every single person in this world. And based on the Shabbat explains, that's why it says, Zehayoyim, Asa Hashem, this is the day Hashem Nagila We're going to be joyful and we're going to celebrate. What does that mean? We have, to, we have to be happy. Why? Because when a person is happy in this day, in a way that you literally celebration, you see the joy on the person, you're happy, you're really, really happy. So what happens then is, by experiencing happiness and being, being happy, we actually add more to the redemption. Which, the redemption is going to be much greater than the way it was in the first time. Because the first time the redemption came from above. And if it comes from above, we said there's no simcha there. When does a simcha happen? When the, when, when the, when the redemption comes from below. And Rebbe explains, since the, 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 uh, the um, geula, <coughs> the liberation of Yudbeis Tamas, not only the previous Rebbe was, was let out of prison, every single Jew is connected to him. And thanks that we have, we have the ability to learn Torah. And we know, we learned already in the Maimon that Torah gives us the ability to draw down atzmas in the world. In a way that we're learning Torah, it becomes revealed in our life. We have true simcha. And even to someone, Derba says that someone is just called a Jew. Every person was, was, was liberated in Yudbeis Tamas. So therefore we add in the redemption every single year. And how do we add in the redemption? That we have to be happy for the redemption. We have to have simcha sagula. We have to be happy for the redemption. And this gets drawn down to every single individual. And by being happy, that will cause us, and this is very, very important, by being happy, we will be redeemed from anything that's holding us back 
of learning Torah and doing mitzvah. So simcha is key, because by being happy, that will get rid of anything that's holding us back from learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And the Rebbe says what it's known, that all the redemptions are really connected, because they're all called redemption. So if they're all called redemption, obviously they're all connected. So the Rebbe says it's possible to say that when a person is joyful in the uh, in the liberation of the uh, of of the celebration of the liberation of the of the previous rebbe, so we, when we celebrate Yud Beis Thomas with tremendous simcha, we will actually add in the future redemption since they're all connected. And as the verse says, Sham Nismachaboy, when we're going to have the redemption, the ultimate redemption, we're going to be have real simcha. And boy means again not in the day, not by Kodesh Baruch Hu, but like Shlomo says, "Batzmusay." We're going to have redem- We're going to have joy in the essence of the Atzmus of Hashem. And when is that going to happen? Bebias Mashiach Tzedkenu, when Mashiach is going to come. And the Rebbe says, "Bekarov Mamish," very, very quickly. Thanks so much for joining us for this powerful Hasidic discourse, a discourse full of miracles, discourse with a path. How we can connect to Atzmos by being in awe of Hashem, learning Torah, saying the words of Torah, having a letter in the Torah. We can have really Yeshuas by having real Simcha and Simcha of Yud Beis Tammuz. And let's hope that we have tremendous Simcha that will bring us all the greatest blessings that we all need. And ultimately, as the Rebbe says, the, uh, the, the coming of Mashiach, Bekarev Mamish. Have a great and blessed week. Good Yontif.